Fuelful Warriors, episode 54. Somebody who gets shit done. It's all down to hustle. A sacrifice of their being and way of life. We think of 300, we think of the Spartan. Sort of the courage and conviction to face their challenges in life. It always does the right thing at all costs. Defender for Washington Spirit, Estelle Johnson. Someone who doesn't really, isn't pushed off course easily. What's going on, Warriors? Timothy Lawson here, host of Fuel for Warriors, a podcast collaboration between Lost Entertainment and Lock and Load Java. August was a, a quiet month for Fuel for Warriors, had some scheduling mishaps and some interviews that just uh, didn't come through. Excited to get into September, though, with some, uh, some new guests, some very exciting guests. This week, I have Estelle Johnson, who is a defender on the Washington Spirit, the uh, professional women's soccer team here in Washington, D.C. I have had a couple other uh, players from the team on the show. They make for great conversation, really great insight into a sport and league that I think is underrepresented in the media. So it's always uh, cool to hear about something that we're a little, little less familiar with, uh, which is one of my favorite things to do with this show. I'll let Carl Churchill, co-founder of Lock and Load Java, Say a couple words, and then we'll get into my interview with Estelle. Enjoy. Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of Lock and Load Java. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran Tim Lawson as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to LockAndLoadJava.com and use the coupon code FUELFORWARRIORS to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself. All right, Warriors, back with me this week, I have from the Washington Spirit, Estelle Johnson. Estelle, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. As I mentioned before we hit record, I originally had Joanna Lohman on the show, I want to say about a year ago, uh, one of the more popular episodes that I'd put out, not only from her fans, but from my audience alike, started co- following, uh, started covering the Washington Spirit with my podcast, Follow Your Spirit, and then uh, asked Joanna which one of her teammates should come on to this show. She recommended you, and here you are. Estelle, we start every episode uh, with the question, what does it mean to be a warrior? That's a good one to start with. Um, (laughs) I would say being a warrior to me is someone who makes no excuses, someone who is always working their tail off, Um, someone who doesn't really – how do I say this? Someone who – isn't pushed off course easily. Someone who knows what they want, goes after what they want, and does whatever it takes to get there. That question always brings a unique answer uh, from my guests, but that's the first time I heard that isn't pushed off course easily. Um, you're an athlete, and we've had plenty of athletes on this show. You know, They embrace the warrior ethos. Uh, but what other parts of your life do you think informs that answer you just give? Um, well, I'm a big family person, so 
Um, I come from a huge family, strong foundation. So I think that just putting my mind to something and going after it um, with all of my heart and all of my foundation, I guess, is something that's important to me. So work, school, all that type of stuff. You went to school uh, at the University of Kansas, correct? You're a Jayhawk. Yep, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. That's right. What uh, what got you there? How did you end up going to Kansas? I ended up in Kansas because another girl from Fort Collins, my hometown, um, went there. She's a couple years older than me. We didn't really know each other that well, but um, she gave me a call and kind of gave me her overview of what her first days at Kansas were like. And she said, it's a lot like Fort Collins. I know it's scary to leave home, but, you know, you have other Colorado girls here. And I think it kind of felt like a home away from home when I went on my official visit. So um, the towns were very similar, Lawrence to Fort Collins. Um, And it was just close enough to, if I really needed to go home, I could, but far enough that my parents weren't going to pop up on me. (laughs) Yeah. Going back to your answer on on being a warrior uh, and not being thrown off course easily, you may not, you personally may not identify with being a warrior, but we've definitely invited you on the show because we think you fit the bill. Uh, but can you recall a time in your recent or distant past where that's something you experienced, where there was a challenge, it could have thrown you off course, but you sort of the, your own tenacity got you through it. Yeah, um, so this season with the Spirit has been an interesting one for me. Most of my professional career, I've been in the lineup or um, off the bench pretty pretty quickly, um, but this season was different for me. Um, I didn't even step on the field for the first, I want to say, 10 games of the season, maybe more. And so working that hard every single day and not getting to – have fun and enjoy it on the weekend was a big struggle for me and something that I hadn't dealt with before really ever. So um, I think that just mentally staying in the game and just pushing forward every single day and not allowing myself to become complacent or to check out, um, that was a big challenge. Yeah, and and you were you've been rewarded with um the opportunity to uh to get minutes obviously you know with the with the Olympic break and and other situations. Um this question may may leave you a little bit vulnerable, but um you know, did you feel any sort of apprehension when the Olympic players came back knowing that that competition was there again and that weekly starting may not be there? Yeah, of course. Um, that's something that's important in being a good athlete is being able to reflect on yourself and knowing competition, knowing um, your strengths, knowing other people's strengths. So uh, we have such a full and amazing roster. So all of those players coming back, obviously, it it gives a li- gives you a little bit of um, doubt, or should I say, something to think about. Um, so, yeah, apprehension is a good word to say for it, but like I said, I'm just trying to push forward every day, think about myself, play play best for myself, and don't really think about other players. 
you've been around long enough to see one league fold, the other one develop. Um, how did you feel about the current league after it started? Did it? I know it's felt different in the past year or two, but the first couple of years, did you feel like did you did you think the NWSL was any different, or did you think that maybe it was almost starting to suffer insanity on you know trying to do the same thing over and over and failing? Um, yeah, I think it was definitely concerned. Uh, it didn't feel too. It felt different because of now. Um, obviously, we draw some of the stars in the world, but. We also lost, like, Marta and Caroline Sager and, like, big, big names that um, were were a big part of the, the WPS. So I think it felt similar but somehow a little bit different, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but I guess there was definitely some apprehension with that as well, not knowing if the league was going to stick around or if it was just going to be another WPS mishap. Was there was there any point in the past four years where you were where the league seemed weak enough? Maybe not weak enough. That's weak's probably not the right, right word for it, but maybe unstable enough uh, to be able to support itself moving itself moving forward. Not that I felt, and I think that that was probably the biggest difference is with the WPS. You could kind of feel it. Um, and I guess I don't have any other way to describe it better than just a feeling. But I haven't felt that way with the NWSL, and I continue to feel like it's going to be stronger and stronger each year. So I've attended every home game for the Spirit uh, this season, and I've been to one away game up in Boston. And I can't help but notice that my demographic, the late 20s, early 30s, single male, is not very represented at these games. Right. Um, and I know a lot of these, uh, you know, that's my peer group, and I've heard their comments on women's soccer on um, it needs to be a better product or whatever it may be. I personally, uh, and maybe I'm biased now at this point, but I see a product worth uh, worth viewing, worth attending, worth paying for, but you know what do, what do you think that what do you, do you think do you think there's a barrier there that needs to be met or that needs to be broken down or do you think that's just sort of the way society has built its perception around women's soccer and that it's just never going to fully break I don't know if I asked that question the way I wanted to but I think you get what I mean Yeah I get what you mean I I don't know. That's a really hard question. I think that there are so many other sports that are more American or more acceptable for a young man to go to. Um, I think that that is probably the biggest issue is just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it maybe isn't it cool enough to go to a women's soccer game if you're a young man? Um I don't know if that has to do with our current demographic being mostly young girls um, or just youth, but I would encourage everybody to give it a try at least once, and I don't think that we'd disappoint. Yeah, I agree. Looking at growing a fan base as a whole, you know, what do you what do you as a player, what role do you feel like you play in growing the popularity of the league? 
Um, I think we have a unique situation because we are so reachable to the fans. If you tweet us, we'll likely tweet back to you. Or if you tag us on something on Instagram, we'll likely comment back. Or if you say, hey, Estelle, can you write this for my team or can I get an autograph or can you come speak to my team, you'll likely get that request. So um, I think it's awesome that we're so close to our fans and that it's more of a personal feeling than it is with male sports. A handful of teams around the league are sort of wedded with their with their MWL or their, their MLS uh, counterpart. Right. Do you think that um, do you, I know that DC United and and the Spirit have a good relationship. There's a lot of like cross promotion and stuff like that. But do you think that because you don't perfectly blend and like um, share that common audience, do you think that gives the spirit more of a challenge on attracting the soccer fans of the DC area? Um, I don't know. I think different approaches. I feel like maybe the clubs that are affiliated with the men's team, they're harder to reach. Like I was just kind of trying to explain. Um, you don't really see many people that live in Germantown making the big move to D.C. United. It's kind of more like a big event for them rather than they can just come out of their backyard and come straight to one of our games type of thing. Sure. So I feel like we're kind of more like the hometown for um, – I guess, without going through all the hassle to go to a D.C. United game. Yeah. Yeah, true story. Um, so I've, I've appreciated uh, – I, l- I love talking about the, the growth of the league. It really fascinates me that women's soccer as a whole seems to be gaining a lot of popularity, but it seems like the NWSL isn't matching that growth, if that makes sense. Like the the, the – Percentage of growth we see in popularity of women's soccer does not seem to be matched on NWSL, and you would think that right. in America there'd be there'd be some uh, some share there. So I'm always curious of of players' insights. Um, the first of the last two. Oh my goodness, my mic does not want to stand put. There we go. Um, the first of the the last two questions uh, is a two-parter. Um, either professionally or personally. Uh, what challenges are you currently facing, and what are you doing to better overcome them? Oh gosh, that's deep. Yeah, oh. it does get it does get deep. Yep. <laughs> um, I guess I'll take this personally. Okay. My time. Um, personally, I want to keep educating myself. Education is really important to me. Um, I think it's important for us as a whole athletes as a whole to continue to educate ourselves and stay up with certifications or whatever we need to do to pre- prepare ourselves for outside of soccer or after soccer or after sports in general. So, um personally, I am trying to figure out kind of what's next and the, the steps I can take while I'm still playing to be prepared for that. Yeah, so what you know, obviously, that's hopefully far into the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, but w- so, what kind of preparations are you making? What career or vocation do you find yourself preparing for now? Um, so, I have kind of tried to make the most of my off seasons and kind of dip into fields that I could be 
interested in after soccer. So um, right now, I guess I'm kind of interested in the, in marketing and like that kind of stuff. So I'm going to try to get connected with somebody in the D.C. area and maybe do a marketing inter- internship or just shadow someone and kind of taste the water, I guess, um, and see if that's something that I'm interested in. It's kind of nice because it's only our off seasons, what, five or six months. So I think that's a good enough time to figure out if that's something that I want to do or if it's something that I can check off my list of things that's not a possibility for me after. Yeah. I, I forgot to put this in my notes, but what degree did you come away with at Kansas? Um, so for my undergrad at Kansas, I did communication studies, but I also did an MBA at a school called Avila University in Kansas City. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Communication studies. I like that. Yeah. I like communications. <laughs> um, the last question, and this gets uh, maybe a little deeper. You know, it's called, the show's called Fuel for Warriors. We've talked about what it means to be a warrior, so we need to, now we need to talk about the fuel. What what inspires you? What gets you up every morning? What gets you through those those practices knowing that that starting job may not be yours in the weekend? I'm a big family person, as I said before. And, uh, parents raised us with a lot of morals and, like, a lot of drive. So um, I kind of have referred back to that without telling my dad or my mom about their influence on it. Um, referred back to do would my parents, if they were sitting on the sideline watching me today, would they have been happy with what they've seen? Or would they be unhappy with that? Um, and it's kind of how I motivate myself to stay professional, stay humble, stay loyal, stay Estelle. <laughs> I like that. We're going to make a T-shirt that says that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Estelle Johnson, thank you so much for joining me talking Warriors and soccer and women's soccer and growing the league. I find all this stuff very uh, fascinating, and I think it's very important as we uh, try to, um, you know, to do those things and then, you know, getting deeper on challenges and inspiration. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're following you on Twitter, at Estelle Johnson, and we're watching you play at the Plex and as confirmed on Saturday in the playoffs in the NWSL. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for taking the time to listen. Be sure to head over to LockAndLoadJava.com using promo code FUELFORWARRIORS for a discount on your purchase. Also head over to LawsonEntertainment.com for more of my programming. Stay strong and stay motivated.